Welcome to season one of Her Pursuit Podcast. I'm your host, Kaysen Schultz. I'm so glad that you are here today for this episode for this brand new season. What better way to start a new year than talking about new beginnings? I know sometimes things happen in life that we cannot control. We enter new phases of life that do not feel how we thought they would. Maybe it's just not what you expected. And that can be disappointing. There are definitely times whenever we're knocked down, we're rocked to our core, our very identity is called into question, right? If you are new here, you need to know that becoming a mom for me was one of those times. Something that's supposed to be the happiest time of your life that should feel, you know, perfect, I guess. It just didn't feel or look how I thought it would. And I never thought that I would experience things like birth trauma or postpartum depression. I didn't think I would be so overcome with just grief, honestly, and disappointment that I could not cope with everyday life. I didn't know that I would look in the mirror and be completely unrecognizable. I didn't know that I would feel like I lost myself. But praise God, I did not stay there. And if you were there now, you don't have to stay there either, okay? These episodes are designed to inspire hope and encourage you in your pursuit of Christ in the most realistic and authentic way possible, like just as you are in this season of mom life, wherever you are, because your feelings should be validated. I want to make space for that. I believe we should feel the feels, not necessarily stuff them down and suppress them. But that being said, my goal is to always point you back to Christ, pointing us both back to truth, because I've learned over the years that feelings are not always facts. You've probably seen that on an Instagram quote or somewhere. Feelings are not always facts. They can't always be trusted, and they definitely should not be in the driver's seat of your life. Our goal here is not striving for perfection. The goal also isn't to be fake and pretend like everything is okay when it's not, but it's also not chasing this illusion of perfection in mothering with our appearances or with how we show up to Bible study or church or even alone with God. So this show is exactly that. It's for the mom pursuing the Lord in a genuine and authentic way to know him more and love him even in the messiness of motherhood or whatever it is you're facing. And that's why I want to talk about this topic, this series, the very beginning of the year, because I get what it's like to feel like you are at ground zero. And some of you feel like you're at ground zero right now. Yes, the year has come to an end, but some of you are still reeling in so many ways and feel like you're barely keeping it together. And so if life has knocked you down and rocked you to your core, then the episodes to come are for you. And I've also been there myself a few times, okay? So Some of those times I've shared with you here in previous episodes, but there have been many times where the fog just clouded everything when I couldn't even think straight, when darkness was so heavy that all I could do was just put one foot in front of the other and just pray that I survived. And I'm not sharing this so that we can just all have a big pity party and talk about all the ways life has let us down and all the trials we faced. I share it because I understand and I get it and I know what it's like to feel like things are completely coming unglued. And I know what it's like to feel like you're starting over again at ground zero, a new beginning, which is what this series is all about. And that feels like a perfect place to start this new year, right here in this place, in the raw, in the messy, the disappointment, the overwhelm, where you feel lost, alone, confused, frustrated, whatever it is, wherever you are, let's start there. Wherever you are, let's start in that place. So throughout this season, we are going to look to the Bible for examples of the ideas that we're going to discuss. And as we do, I just want to encourage you to always 
always, always examine these passages or verses for yourself. Ask God, what do they mean? God, what do they mean? What are you saying to me through this scripture? Dig into the word for yourself, chew on it, meditate on it, and see what your takeaway is. Because yes, scripture says one thing, but the way that God wants to apply it, the way it applies to our everyday lives Each of us individually can be different. It will be different. Your nugget of truth, your takeaway may not be the same as mine, but at the end of the day, we know that all scripture is God-breathed and there is a reason that he has given us these words. And so I hope that God somehow uses what we discuss here to speak directly to you in your exact situation every single week. That is my prayer because that is the kind of God that he is. He cares for you. He is in the details of your life. That is his character. And I am super, super excited to just dive in here. So if you are ready, we are going to look at an example of someone in scripture who also knows what it's like to start over to feel like you're at ground zero, to have a new beginning. Maybe it doesn't seem like a very positive thing from where you're standing, where this person was standing. I'm sure it may not have seemed that way, but he gets it. Okay, so we're going to go to Genesis chapter 37 and verse 18. We're going to be reading about the story of Joseph. And now don't tune me out. If you were brought up in Sunday school, you know all of the church stories and all the things and you did the, the cookies and the felt boards and all of that. Like, don't tune out. I want us to hear this in a fresh way. I'll be honest. I'm not one of those people. I did go to Sunday school. We did get the cookies, but I don't feel like that I got all of the Bible stories and the Bible trivia and the Bible knowledge as some of you probably have. But regardless of how familiar you are with the story or unfamiliar you are with the story, I hope that it falls fresh. I hope you see it in a new, fresh way. So verse 18, this is talking about when it says they, it's describing Joseph's brothers. They saw him in the distance and before he had reached them, so before Joseph gets to the brothers, they plotted to kill him. Starting it off with a bang, like right to the drama. Here we go. They said to one another, oh, look, here comes that dream expert. So now, come on, let's kill him and throw him into one of the pits. We can say that a vicious animal ate him. Then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. So they're being very ugly. They're mocking him. And skipping to verse 23, it says, when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped off his robe, the robe of many colors that he had on. They took him and they threw him into a pit. And the pit was empty and without water. Have you ever felt like you've been thrown into a pit? Maybe not by your siblings, maybe not by a family member, maybe so, maybe a close friend, maybe just life. You just feel like you are in the pit. You feel like you're in the pit and without water at that. Can you imagine? So the group of brothers, after they've thrown Joseph into a pit, they go and they sit and they eat and they're discussing what's happened, what they've done. And they're like, okay, no, 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 no. Let's go back. Let's go back and get him. And we're going to sell him into slavery. So they go back, they pull him from the pit, and then they sell him to the Ishmaelites who take him to Egypt. And in the margin of my Bible in this section right here, I have written, imagine this betrayal. Because I cannot imagine what Joseph must have felt in that moment when he was thrown into the pit, but then his brothers come back and get him out, but not to take him to safety, like, oh, we're sorry, like, please forgive us, we made a mistake. No, then they sell him away. And he goes away, he goes into a different land, you know, away from his family, away from everything he knows. Like, he had to have felt completely alone, betrayed. And I think that he probably understands 
you know, this idea of feeling like you're starting over, like you've been knocked down, like the wind's been knocked out of you and you don't know where to go from here, right? And then this whole series of unfortunate events unfold. But as you probably know, God was working through every single detail, right? Like every single thing that from the outside looking in looked really bad, God is working through those things. So he is appointed, Joseph is appointed as an overseer of Potiphar's house, but then he's falsely accused by Potiphar's wife of doing things that he did not do. So then he's then thrown into prison and he's once again forgotten about by everyone, everyone except for God right? So while he's in prison, he interprets some dreams. He's given God the glory. He's like, I don't, this, I'm not doing this on my own will. This is God. And over a period of time, Joseph goes from slave to imprisoned to being the king's second in command. 13 years to be exact per the notes of my study Bible. 13 years. He goes from being enslaved to imprisoned, and now he is second in command to the king. And I just wonder how much different Joseph's story would be had he not stewarded his time well, had he not remained faithful, you know, if he hadn't stayed close to God. What if he didn't maintain his character, you know, turning Potiphar's wife down? What if he actually did do the things that she accused him of? What if he just said, you know, heck with it. Like my whole life has fallen apart. It's hopeless. I'm hopeless. I'm just a slave. All I'm ever going to be is a slave. There's no point. And just spiraled out of control. And I do want to be clear and point out that over the chapters of Joseph's story, it is very clear that the Lord was with Joseph. And it wasn't because of anything Joseph did. God was doing the work and he never left Joseph. But Joseph had a choice, right? Like he had a choice in how he was going to show up. He had a choice. It was up to him to decide what he was going to think and choose and feel and believe every single day that he was a slave, every single day that he was overseeing Potiphar's house, every single day that he was thrown into prison. God was with Joseph and God is with you. He never leaves, but you and I have free will and it matters how you show up. It matters the choices that you make and the things that you're doing with your time while you're waiting, while you rebuild, while you start again. And sure, we're going to mess up. As we said in the beginning, we're not trying to be perfect, but we are trying to follow and love God with all of our heart, soul, and mind and strength. And I think there, and you and I both know a difference between genuinely following the Lord and wanting to know Him more versus completely giving up and spiraling and doing things we know we shouldn't do or being apathetic and just not caring. Like you, you have a choice and it matters how you show up. And yes, we're going to mess up. We're not going to always get it right. But God, there's grace and God wants to use you despite all of those things. And he never leaves you. So Joseph was a slave In this new land, like in Egypt, I'm not sure anybody would even know who he was. Like he was a nobody, but God met him right where he was. So when it felt like, when Joseph may have felt, I know he had to have felt abandoned and betrayed all alone, like he was starting over, like he had so much to rebuild, probably feeling hopeless, God met him right where he was. 
And he used him in those places. He used him in Potiphar's house. He uses him in prison to interpret dreams. And then he goes on to interpret Pharaoh's dreams and he protects and saves people. Like he helps them prepare for this famine and his plan that, you know, Joseph's plan is what is implemented and it saves a, a lot of people. And so God used every single thing, every single step and circumstance along the way in Joseph's life. So God met him right where he was, and God used him there. And the same is true of you and me. He meets us where we are, no matter how much of a disaster that feels like. He loves you no matter what. And that means that no matter what you're facing right now, no matter how far you feel that you've fallen, no matter how much you've lost, you are completely loved and accepted and God wants to use you right now, right now for his glory. He didn't wait until Joseph was no longer a slave. He didn't wait until Joseph worked his way up to second in command to the king. He didn't wait on any of that. He used him every step of the way. And he wants to do the same thing with you in your life and whatever it is you're walking through right now. Genesis chapter 41 verse 50 says, two sons were born to Joseph before the years of famine arrived. And he named the firstborn Manasseh and said, God has made me forget all my hardship and my whole family. And the second son he named Ephraim and said, God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. Joseph was fruitful in his affliction, in his grief. That is the power of God in your life to make you forget the hardships, to cause you to be fruitful in the grief, in the affliction. And God's blessing to him is greater than those things. It's greater than the pain. I think sometimes we just have to take our eyes just for a minute off of the circumstances and refocus them onto Jesus. Like I know that the pain and the grief and the overwhelm and the stress and the anxiety, I know that it is so great. And it feels like if you let it go, like what would happen? Who would you be? Like everything's not going to be okay if I'm not holding on to this thing for dear life and just like I can't release it because what would happen? But I think that what we have to do, we have to, is to let it go. And when we do that, and when we take our eyes off of circumstances, which I know is so much easier said than done, but when we take our eyes off of circumstances and refocus them on to Jesus, then we can be reminded of this truth that God has not left you. God loves you, and he has a plan for all of this, which I know is hard to hear. Like It's hard to hear when you're in the middle of it and when you're in the thick of it, You don't want to hear like, God's using this. God's working it out. God's got you. That's probably the last thing that the flesh wants to hear, right? But when we can just for a moment, like in the quiet of our own hearts and souls, just get really still before the Lord and like surrender it and let it go and just focus on him and focus on his goodness and his love and his mercy and the truth of who he is and who you are in him, then I think that's when we find that strength to seek him more, to know him more, and to fight for truth and to fight for joy more in the middle of the grief, in the middle of the circumstances, whatever it is that you're facing. 
And I know that it can also be really hard to, to figure out, okay, well, how do I practically do this? Like, what do you mean, Kaysen? Take my eyes off of circumstances and refocus them onto Jesus. I have outlined and shared so many episodes on this podcast already that will help you to practically do that, whether it's reading the Bible, praying, just sitting in stillness, finding time for yourself for a quiet time, starting a morning routine, doing it messy, do it imperfectly, letting go of expectations, all of those things. Please go listen to the 100 episodes prior to this one. And every single one is designed to help you do that in a practical way. But I want you to know, and I'm going to remind myself of this, that God is after our hearts, not just our performance. That's a really important thing to to get and to grasp. And it can be really hard when we get caught up in raising babies and, you know, we're pumping or nursing or you're making sandwiches, you're making lunches, you're driving kids around to activities. There's a lot going on. All God wants is your heart. He does not want your performance. He does not want you to pretend like you're okay. He doesn't want you to pretend like everything's fine. He doesn't want you to pretend like you're holier than thou. He just wants you. He just wants your heart. He wants your surrender and your obedience. In chapter 50, this is like so many years have passed at this point in Genesis chapter 50. Verse 19 says, you know, the brothers have come. If you're not familiar with the story, I'm not like... A Bible scholar here, okay? So I'm just like giving a brief overview of what has happened to this point. The brothers eventually do come back after their father dies and they are basically like begging Joseph. They feel like they are at his mercy, right? Because they feel like they're going to get what's coming to them. They've got like, they're about to get some payback. And so that's what's kind of happening here. Chapter 50, verse 19. Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? You planned evil against me, but God planned it for good to bring about the present result, which is the survival of many people. Joseph's able to say, wait a minute, like he's able to see past the frustration, the anger, the pain. He's saying, I'm not God. I see what you planned against me. And that was evil. That was really mean. (laughs) Like you shouldn't have done that. That was wrong. But all of those things God used for good And he sees the purpose in it, which is the present result. He says, the survival of many people. He recognizes, I had to go through that so that this could happen, so that I could be a part of this, so that God would use me in this way. Therefore, verse 21, don't be afraid. I will take care of you and your children. And he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. I feel like that that last verse 21 could be like a whole episode in and of itself because not only is he kind and forgiving, he says, I'm going to take care of you and he comforts them and he's speaking kindly to them. That is the evidence of God right there, right? Like the heart change, the humility, the love, the compassion. It's wild. It's wild how it, how it all comes full circle. And he's like, what you meant for evil, God meant for good. And I see it now. I don't, it doesn't say this, you know, in scripture word for word. So I'm adding lib here. I'm sure he probably didn't see it when his brothers threw him in the pit. I'm sure he probably didn't see it when his brothers came back for him, yet sold him into slavery. I'm sure he probably didn't see purpose in going to, you know, Potiphar's house and being accused of all these things and his character coming under fire and then being thrown into prison. We don't see it in the moment. You can't see it in the moment. You're not going to see it in the moment. 
And we might not even see it earth side, to be honest. And I know that that's really hard to hear. It's really hard to like grasp, but we just have to hold on to what he's saying, that God is using it to bring about a result. This is what God wants to do with you right now. This is what he wants to do with your ground zero moment. This is what he wants to do with this huge setback. This is what he wants to do with your new beginning. This is how he wants to use you and I. But it's up to us to take the steps forward in obedience. It's up to us to begin building again. It's up to us to stay close to the Lord. It's up to us to walk in step with the Spirit. And I get that that is not easy right now in the season of raising littles. Like, I get it. I get it. I'm with you. I'm with you in it. It's not easy. It's not. But I don't think that we get a pass from it. Like, I I do believe that God, there's so much grace and there's so much mercy, but I don't think that, you know, these early years exclude us from other scripture that says, you know, we are to make disciples. We are to, you know, and sometimes that's disciples in your own home, but we are to be the hands and feet of Christ. We are to love others. We're to serve others. And that's just really, really hard sometimes when we feel like that our own tanks are running on E or we aren't being served. So like I said, the past 100 episodes, please go back. They are how to fill your tank. They are how to get to a place to where you can become more outward focused, where you be, can become others focused. Because I, I know what it's like to be in that moment and in that season where you feel like it's, it's like self-preservation. Because if not, like literally no one else is taking care of me right now. I do not feel taken care of. My needs aren't being met. And I'm just trying to survive and get by and get through Please don't stay there, friend. Please don't stay there. You do not have to stay there. There is a way out. There is hope. I have so many moms who have listened to my story recently. Y'all have messaged me. I don't know how you're finding it, but I think it's like episode 61, 62. I left the numbers on that one so you can scroll down easily and find it. And y'all are just like, I'm there now. I'm in it. Like I'm in this thick darkness. There's anxiety. There's depression. It's real. It's real. I'm not downplaying that. I'm not I'm not doubting it. I know. I know because I've been there. And so I just I hope that this encourages you and it inspires you that there is hope for you. There are answers for you. There are steps forward for you. Don't stay in that place. If you're finding yourself there and you're like ready for a fresh start, a new beginning, you're ready to rebuild even though you're at ground zero, you don't see a way forward, you don't see how you can do this, then I'm so excited that you're here today because this season we're going to get into like all of that and more. So if this episode encouraged you, would you please share it with a friend or you can tag the show on socials to let us know what you're listening to. I always reshare those and I love seeing them. Until next time, keep pursuing the Lord with your whole heart right here, right now, just as you are. And I'll talk to you next week, friend.